Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you enjoy today's episode, visit narctroopers.com where you will find many great resources about recovering from a narcissistic relationship. Today, we're going to talk about how the narcissist is many things to you. They play many, many roles. In my case, it was my husband, my mother, my son, my identity, my everything. So, dual mothering and multiple roles are common in relationship partners who have NPD. Narcissists are actors playing different roles, and these roles are their masks. They are shapeshifters and chameleons that can change who they are completely, quickly, and flawlessly based on who they are with. But in addition to these cyclical reinventions that they do, um, to suit whatever their environment and the people that they have in it and all that. You know, there are also psychological roles that they play in the relationship. The narcissists, be they male or female, becomes your mother and they are inviting you to become their mother. And now, you know, you're in this symbiosis of feeding each other narcissistic supply. The narcissist says to you, I'm going to love you as your mother should have loved you. I'm going to love you unconditionally as only a mother can. Let's idealize each other, which is co-idealization, and I will let you be seen through the eyes of the mother so that you can finally love yourself and accept yourself through me, through my uh, agency. You know, but at some point they withdraw everything. They, um, you know, there's just this grief reaction when that happens and it's a long-term grief known as complicated grief. So let's talk about one of the roles that the narcissist plays. They play house and spouse. I call it house and spouse. I had a house and a spouse for 15 years who was um, disordered in this way. As part of the love bombing infatuation phase, the narcissist becomes the dream partner you have always longed for. Easily adaptable and adept at mimicking your personality traits, habits, likes and dislikes, and all the things that make you the perfect match, the narcissist presents a beautiful fantasy filled with magical swirling glitter and rainbows. It is intense. It is perfect. It is too good to be true. Really, you know, it isn't true. 
But for a while, during this infatuation stage, even the narcissist believe it's, believes that it's real and perfect. Um, you know, they do an excellent job of playing the perfect partner. Covert narcissists are known for their charming niceness, generosity, and magnanimity. They're like a knight in shining armor coming to your emotional rescue. Remember that song? Mick Jagger's such a little hot pepper, isn't he? <laughs> okay, the narcissist. Let's get back to that. He is, or she, is an opportunist, among other things, and they seek one of several things, either fuel, character traits, or residual benefits. Um, so, yeah, the, there's other ways to say that, but let's just go with that for right now. <clears throat> if you supply two out of three of these things, you know, then they're going to stick around indefinitely or until a better option presents itself. During that time, there is a mutual idealization and shared fantasy that just keeps it all going. And most of the time, it's paradise. You know, not all narcissists are raging lunatics. That's only a specific kind. A large majority of them, the covert, vulnerable, shy, fragile narcissists, they don't rage. My husband never raised his voice to me, even once. But, I mean, you know, he gutted me, eviscerated me, left me for dead by the side of the road. I have never in my life experienced anything that came close to such ruthless um, torture and mistreatment. And all of that without putting a hand on me or raising a voice or anything, you know. If you were truly tuned into your intuition, your boundaries and your danger alert system, you know, the red flags would have been all around you because they are so good at their hypnotic mumbo jumbo. And even though that little voice says, danger, danger, run, run for your life, you don't listen. You can't. The spell has been cast and you belong to the narcissist in every way conceivable. All right, so let's talk about another role. In, in addition to the house and spouse role, the narcissist plays the good mother. In a relationship with a narcissist, you both play mother to one another. <laughs> mother to one another simultaneously. It has been called dual mothership by Dr. Sam Vaknin and others, and uh, also parentification is what most mental health professionals call it. So it's a thing. In essence, uh, there is a contract, and it goes like this. If you will be my mother and love me unconditionally so I can later discard you, so I can individuate and gain agency over my life, I will be your mother and give you the love you always wanted and never received from her. Wow, what a deal, right? There's some bound to be some fine print there, but 
we don't read it. Um, it's a chance for both parties to experience a better mother than the one they actually had, and thus they get another chance for setting everything right. The parentification begins during early cycles of narcissistic abuse, and it is an undercurrent throughout the entire relationship. You are always their better mother, and they always carry their original bad mother with them as an introject in their head that they can never silence or forget. In the end, after they devalue and discard, you are punished for the sins of the mother as they play out their part and abandon you, abandon you in order to separate and individuate as they should have done in the developmental stages of early childhood, but that didn't happen. So they're trying to do it now. In addition to this trauma bonding and addiction that you develop, there's another layer of attachment created by this dual mothering contract. They have always, um, well, they played the part of the bad mother who could never love you, right? Um, and how could you walk away from, from, from that? But now, you know, you have the good mother. You receive the nourishment, the sucre, the, I think I said that right, the mother's milk, okay, in exchange for, for playing mom to them. And, and you both have this unfinished business with years and decades of this complex trauma that you've both been through. So that's why you have to parent each other. All right, number three, we've got the house and spouse. We've got the parentification and dual mothership role where you mother each other. Now, the narcissist plays the victim child. Who doesn't want to help a child who is treated badly and in need of rescue, right? I mean, anybody would want to do that. And the narcissist knows this and they play the poor pitiful child who was so mistreated and uh, abused by his own family that you can't help but to feel sorry for him and show him what true love is really like. The narcissist is famous for feeling self-pity, which makes them feel like a hero. They have a grandiose sense of self and very often can't look beyond themselves. Playing the victim acts as a substitute for that lack of authentic self-worth. It's also a way to blame shift, to be unaccountable, to get copious amounts of fuel from people who have sympathy and empathy for them, and to manipulate their relationship partner. It is true that part of the poor little child routine is actually um, authentic. I mean, they probably did go through something awful. Uh, most likely they were abused or neglected or, or instrumentalized or exploited or harmed in some way, but their codependency and helplessness is often amplified to get what they want, which is attention, affection, pity, and nurturing. 
the narcissist is a toddler, a two-year-old or maybe a three-year-old. And, um, you know, this is true in all developmental ways that matter. They're a small child in an adult body, and they use this child to seduce and to charm and to get pity, elicit the pity that, that gets them what they want. Okay, so that was number three. So, number one, they play the house and spouse. Two, they parentify and play the mother. Three, they play the victim. And then this one, this is so the best one yet. The narcissist plays you. Yep, you will never get a different ending. A relationship with a narcissist always. And let me just say this definitively, always ends in a complete and utter devastation. They will discard you eventually, sooner or later. It could be later. It could be years. It could be decades. This whole time you're being gradually having your, your, your inner core being sucked out of your body, you know, but it could go on for a long time. But it always ends the same with just complete and utter devastation because eventually they will discard you um, if you don't get away first. So either way, it ends badly. And you're the one left knowing that you got played like a fiddle at a barn dance jubilee. And there is, you know... Um, no way to change that ending. But there is another way that partners get played. In addition to playing the role of the better mother, the vulnerable child, the dream spouse, and all of that, the narcissist's best performance is playing us. That's the, the quintessential role that they play is they play, not only do they play us, like, we, oh, you got played, like that, but they actually play us, as in they mimic us, they portray us, they absorb us, uh, they become us. Um, you know, uh, they study their partner. They adopt or co-opt all their mannerisms, their speech, their gestures, their likes and dislikes, their values, their ethics, their routines, their behaviors, their religious beliefs, their sexual identity, all of it, all of it, everything that makes you who you are. They take it and they make it their own. Even, um, you know, even your hopes and dreams become theirs as they merge and fuse with you in the most viral kind of way, infecting every part of you and taking your overall health and well-being. They seem to become you. You know, it's, um, it's like looking into a mirror. But in reality, they are only playing a part. When the time comes, they will shed your skin like a snake and slither away into the next iteration of themselves. You know, they will toss your costume 
with all of, you know, everything that goes with it, with all the intricate details and things that you took years to construct. And they're just going to, you know, <laughs> toss it away. And, um, yeah, that's how it's going to end. You know, they're going to get some fresh new supporting cast member to replace you and then repeat the whole thing over again. There's plenty of starstruck hopefuls and innocents just waiting to get played. You know, you have been played in every imaginable way. Um, it was their most consummate role as they orchestrated this symphony of lies. We never even saw it coming. So, well played, narcissist. Well played. And the message for today's podcast is, you know, when you tell somebody, oh, you're my everything, I don't think you technically mean it the way that it plays out with the narcissist. Um, because they, they are everything. They're your spouse. They're your, um, you know, <laughs> they're just, there are all these different things. And it's, it's a complete mind-boggling uh, trip down the rabbit hole. So beware of that and know that what you see may not be what it appears to be. It may seem so real. I cannot tell you how real it feels. It looks, it sounds, um, it's, it's just crazy how real it is, how believable. I think maybe because they're even believing it for a little while, but it's not. It's all just costumes and makeup and the mask and and it's and it's fake. It's it, there's no substance to it. They're just play acting, and it means nothing. And they'll just toss it aside and put on a new costume, lickety split, just like that, before you can even figure out what's going on. And so be careful out there, guys. It's dangerous in that jungle, and they are predators. They're on their home turf, and you know it's going to end badly for you if you get tangled up with them. There is no hope for any other outcome. You got to believe it. Okay. Much happiness and healing. Um, I'm making this at the beginning of my Thanksgiving holiday. So a special nod to people who are listening during any triggery time of the calendar year. Could be a birthday, could be a holiday, could be anything like that. It's, it's rough. It's a time where you know, things set you off and it's just really a challenge to get through it um, without a couple of meltdowns, but just hang strong and know that, you know, you can do this, you know, you can be okay. You can heal and you can um, survive this and go on and, and, and do something else. They can't, you can, and take comfort in that. Okay. See you again soon. Uh, much love. Bye.